Let's open the word of the Lord to the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Amen. The, the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The word of the Lord uh, reads as follows. It says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So the word power there then empowers us to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Most people park in Jerusalem. They never leave Jerusalem. But God's intent is that you grow from grace to grace. Amen. And the power that comes upon you will empower you to be witnesses not only locally in your city, but then also in your state and in your region and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And you don't have to go all over the world to touch the world, you know. You could touch the world by touching an, an Italian. You could touch a person from former Russia, right? Or so, former Soviet Union, or China, or from South Central America, whatever it might be. They're, they're right here, here in New York, all over the world. People come to New York. Is it possible to adjust this a little? I'm getting too much echo. If, if not, take your time. Just, just do your best. So I'm, I'm grateful because that lets me know that I'm not going to stay in the same place. I'm going from grace to grace. I am growing from grace to grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Now, dear Holy Spirit, I pray that you reveal to us that which you would have us to understand and know and practice in our lives, Lord God. Like you said in the book of James, that we're not just to be hearers, but we are to be doers of your word. So today I share uh, your word, Father, um, with your people. But Lord, I depend on you, Holy Spirit, to open up their eyes, the understanding, Lord God, that they might be able to then embrace it as their own and that they might be able to live it out, my God, walking with you each and every day of their lives. We do give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. You may be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, or when the Holy Spirit gives you direction, He always works in accordance to the Word. I'm going to say that again. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, or gives you direction, He always works according to the Word. God's Word is not only a manual, but it's also God's promises and His principles. The Spirit of God always works in line with this Word. So if you hear something that goes contrary to the Word of God, you don't have to obey it. You don't have to worry about it. You can cancel it right away. Because you'll find you have voices from different areas. You have the voice of your own intuition or your own inner man. You have the voice of your conscience. You have your voice of your experience. You have the voice of your neighbors, of your friends, of your family members, Amen. other people telling you things. So there's a lot of voices, the voice of the devil. Um, there are a lot of voices out there. But as the Spirit of God um, is able to dwell in us and move through us, we become more sensitized to the Word of God. And as we study the Word, and as we, the, as we hear the Word over and over, we become more sensitized to the Word of God. And Scripture made it very clear. It says we receive power. That word power in the Greek is an explosive, dynamic, miraculous power that dwells within us. How many of you saw the Olympics the other day? I mean, I am amazed at how quick those guys and gals can run. 
It's almost like if they had a big booster rocket behind them. They just set, boom, all you get to see is their smoke. I think one of the guys was running so fast that they had to put it on slow motion just to see the guy run. It's amazing to me how fast they can run. They have that extra ability. And God gives all of us natural abilities. But the Spirit of God gives us supernatural abilities. He puts super on our natural. And I love the Holy Spirit for that. I just love Him. He's not only my teacher. He's not only the one who guides me and directs me. But He also gives me that extra oomph I need every day. He gives me that wisdom I need every day. I ask Him for strength every day. Because sometimes I lack it. In in my natural ability, I, I lack it. Sometimes things beat me down so much that I, it, 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 it wears me down. You know, yeah, right, I agree with you. It just wears you down. So ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, empower me. I really need, I, I need your help. I, I need your help. And he strengthens us, gives, me, gives us zeal, gives us everything we need. Gives us power. Say with me, I, I have received power. Because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And I love it because it's not an emotion. I'm going to say it again. It's not an emotion. We'll feel emotional, but it's not an emotion. The Holy Spirit is a person. See? So, and He relates with us. He has a relationship with us. But we can be in a service where the Spirit of God is moving or when we're worshiping God. And let me tell you, sometimes that, I don't know if you feel it, it's almost like a, a power just pulsing through your body. And, wow, glory to God. Have you ever felt that? Amen. But sometimes I'm in a service, I'm not feeling anything. And then, you know, I hate, I hate in the service where the preacher gets up, Amen! God is moving! How many of you feel the Holy Ghost right now? And half of the church lies. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're not feeling anything. <laughs> you don't feel the Holy Ghost all the time. But that doesn't mean it's not in you. I have a pancreas. I don't feel it. You know what I'm saying? But I know it's there. Hallelujah. I know the Holy Spirit lives in me. I don't have to feel it. But yes, I do feel it from, feel him from time to time. I do. Um, but that's not where I depend. I depend on God's Word. Because God's Word is the only secure thing. And I'm going to share with you various verses just to introduce you to a deeper level and how powerful the covenant of God with us is as He shared his love through Christ on that cross and why the first disciples could not get into their ministry until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus told them, stay in the upper room, wait for the promise of the Father. Because he knew they could not do what they were about to do, what he was commissioning them to do until they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Nobody had been filled yet with the Holy Spirit. He said, the Comforter is with you, but he will be in you. See, so at that time, nobody had been filled with the Holy Spirit yet. The Holy Spirit would come upon people and they would do great things, prowess and awesome things. Uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson. What would he do? He'd carry a one or two ton door, you know, like a mile or something like that. It's amazing. He, he would kill a thousand uh, Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey. Yeah, amazing. The Holy Spirit would come upon men of God in the Old Testament. They would do some awesome, unusual things. David had mighty men, and one guy killed, I think it was like 800 guys with one sword. 
And by the time he finished, the sword got stuck to his hand. It was fused to his hand. So amazing things we see in scripture. We, you see fishermen preaching without training, without four years of institute. And 3,000 people came to Jesus. But that was after he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So uh, we need the Holy Ghost. So tell your neighbor, we need the Holy Ghost. Without the Spirit of God, we, we, we're separated from him, we could do nothing. In Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power. Say with me, power. Now here the context is wealth, but I don't want to focus on that. But I, I want to focus on the word power. He gives you the power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So there was a covenant he had already established. So he said to your people, I'm giving you power. And part of what you're going to need is wealth. Because you're, you're going to need to come into a new place. You're going to need to build. And later on, those people did build them a tent. They built them a tabernacle. Uh, at one point, it, during the Solomonic era, my God, they were, it was amazing the level that Israel had reached. But the point was the covenant. God established a covenant and he said he'd bless his people. So in, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. We need to know this because you need to be able to understand your covenant rights. You are an heir. You're a co-heir with Jesus Christ. You belong to a family where God is Heavenly Father, but you are sons and daughters. But you're also ambassadors, you're co-heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have this benefit. Galatians 3, 7 and 8 says, Therefore know that only those who are of the faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, which is us, we're non-Jews, by faith, he preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Amen. Right? So anything pertaining to Abraham, those of the faith get the benefit too. Yes. Yeah, but that's only for the Jewish nation. Well, not really. No. Because let's go a moment to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Or maybe you could just read it from here. You're following it, right? You have the, the notes? Okay. In Genesis chapter uh, 1, I mean chapter 12, verse 1, says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It says all the families. It doesn't say one family. It says all the families. And in the New Testament, I shared that verse with you, confirming the fact that those of the faith, in other words, those that come to saving faith in Christ, those who receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, get adopted into this family. Amen. Now, how did God bless Abraham? He blessed him. Financially, he blessed him physically, he blessed him numerically, he blessed him financially, he blessed him governmentally. And at one point, after he had come from a war, a, a priest comes to him by the name of Melchizedek. Melchizedek was an unusual character because 
Nobody knew how long he lived. He didn't seem to have a genealogy. He didn't have beginning or end. And he was the prince of Salem. Salem meant peace. The prince of peace. You understand? Or the king of Salem, one of the two. But the point is, is this priest comes up to him and takes the tithe from Abraham and then blesses Abraham. He says, get your family together. I'm about ready to bless you and your family. So God blessed Abraham and his family. So God used a pre-incarnate manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ to bless this man who would be the... the, the I guess what you would call the, the father of the faith. And then later on you trace it. You see how Jesus comes from this lineage. Now, Abraham was already blessed. But God says, in you, I'm going to bless all the nations. Amen. And then in, in the book of Genesis, it says, those that are of the faith belong to that family. Amen. I don't know if you ever heard, you know, so man, the Jewish people, they're blessed people. God's, you know, God's blessing upon them. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. But they are. They have a blessing upon them. Yeah. Yeah, right? You know. But it's not limited just to them. God blessed the world through Abraham. Amen. They can't say it's just for me. It's for me too. Amen. You understand? All the nations are blessed through believing Abraham. Amen. So what I thought one day was exclusive to one nation, uh-uh. God broke th that particular wall and both the Jew and the Gentile are blessed. In other words, the whole world is blessed. Hallelujah. 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 So I'm grateful to that because there's a covenant. And one thing about covenant is different than a contract. You ever have a contract? You ever done a contract? Ever been involved in a contract? Yes. Two people, they sign it maybe in front of a lawyer. You can buy it, buy it, you know, but right now, right now, yeah, to, especially mortgages, things of that nature. But right now, lawyers, as soon as they're signing that contract with you, they already found ways to break that contract. Or there are ways around it, Right? Is that true? There are ways. You could go to court even though you have contract. And sometimes you can break a contract based on this issue or that issue. But you don't break a covenant. A covenant, especially when God is in the middle, is two people and a third person right there. And that's Almighty God. When God covenants with man, God is the one that's initiating this promise. So when God initiates it, he's faithful to it. So when God told me, you receive Christ, now you, I'm going to adopt you into the family, now you're part of that blessed lineage. Guess what? I am. Period. Punto y coma. I don't, have to, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to get a prophetic word every week. Some of you need a prophetic word every week. Oh God, I want to know this week, do you love me? Uh, yeah, he loves you. He loves you just as much as he loved you last week. I don't need a prophetic word. Amen. Amen. Sometimes they'll come up to me and say, you know, God loves you. You know, he, hey, I know that already. I, I know it. You don't have to tell me. I, I don't, you know, oh, se me pararon los pelos. I don't even need my hair to stand up. I, you know, my hair stood up. No, I don't need that. I know God loves me. I know I'm part of the family of God. I know I'm blessed of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And guess what? Nobody can come in there and break it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And I love that about my God. See, He is greater than any circumstance. That's right. He is greater than any contrary voice. Amen. And so, 
when I read the Word and I hear these things and I, I share them with my spirit, it encourages me. So even though I might be going through a bad economy, I might have lost my job, um, maybe nationally something's happening, I'll get concerned for the nation, but here's what I do when I get concerned for the nation. Okay, it's time to pray. It's time to intercede because God gave me power and authority even in my intercession. So I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do I need to pray about? How do I need to pray? Sometimes I don't know. So I asked the Holy Spirit, and it will teach me how to pray. Amen. But let me, let's go a little further. Let's go a moment to uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Ephesians 1, 13. Because Paul, understanding that, and he was so passionate for God's people to know this, that he, he voiced it in his writings. In Ephesians 1.13, it says this, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. That's another thing the Holy Spirit does. He seals you. You know when the enemy comes to you, he could see that mark? Those that are in Christ, He knows. He doesn't have to guess. He knows. You are sealed. Amen. And then it says here, the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What? What did He pray for? Well, look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power, once again, there it is, the power, of His power toward you, toward us who believe, according to to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. God released an awesome, supernatural power to get you delivered, to set you free. From the bondages that you were in bondage before you came to Christ. We do not have to submit to the nonsense of the past. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Hallelujah. God wants you to know that that power is now residing in you. When the enemy comes to you, or when people come to you saying, ah, you're not worthy, you're not this, you're not that, whoa, 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 shut that down right away. I know who I am in Christ. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. And then he said this, he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. People, you have power, you have authority. Say to your neighbor, I have power. I have authority. See, you don't have to feel authority. You just know you have it. Glory to God. God has given it to us. But, but, remember when God told Moses to bring the people in to the promised land? Many of them, they were being led in a fear-based way. In other words, they saw their problems, their situations greater 
than the power of Almighty God. Yes. You know they never got in, even though God desired for them to get in? Yes. And that's what happens with many Christians. You have the power, but you refuse to believe this thing. You refuse to put God in the ascendancy. Instead, you worship your problem over your Savior. Worry is faith that the bad things are going to happen to you. Worry is a picture of something terrible that the enemy will put in your mind or circumstances or situations will put in your mind or your own spirit man or your own soul will project to you based on past issues. It's not that it happened. It's that you think it might happen. And that's the problem with worry. Worry is not real. Worry is just a perception. But the point is your brain does not know the difference between truth or a perception. God gave us a blessing when he created the brain. He gave us the ability to picture things that are, rather that are not as though they were. That's how God operates. And He created us in His image, in His likeness. And He created us in a way to be able to see things that are not as though they were. He put that in us so we can conquer. Yes. So that we could provide for our families. So we could build bridges and buildings and trains. So we could develop medicines that don't exist now. He gave us an ability to see things that are not as though they were. Amen. That thing works awesome in the correct context. But warriors use that in a very bad way. And the brain doesn't know the difference between truth or a perception. And there's another problem with that. The other problem is that if something happens to you in the past, it, it becomes part of your permanent memory. Somebody did something terrible to you. Somebody spoke some terrible things to you. It becomes a permanent part of your brain. Your brain doesn't know the difference between a truth or a lie. It just takes things in. And what happens is, is your, God made your brain in such a way that the things you focus on most, it'll continue to repeat it back to you over and over and over again. In Joshua chapter 1, God said, meditate on my word day and night and you will make your way prosperous. Why did he say that though? It's because he's the one that made your brain. He knows that the things we meditate on, we will unleash in our life. You understand my point? But here's the problem. The problem is, is that the way your brain works is when it receives something scary, funny, exaggerated, thrilling, things that ooh, give you a lot of emotion, your brain says, oh, that's my cue to make it permanent. So what it does, it takes free neurons, clusters them together, and takes that memory and puts them right in, your, in that part of your brain that is what you call the subconscious or the, the soul part, and it'll continue to repeat it back to you over and over anytime you need it. The problem is you really don't want that, but it's there. Now, every time you go through the same situation, let's say you lost your job and it hurt you. Oh man, I needed that job. Oh, you lost that job. Your brain said, oh, they're giving me a cue. I need to remember it. So the brain suddenly will store it, it glues it together the way it knows how to, and put it in a place where it can instantly recall. Pastor, that's not scriptural. Nehemiah 
said the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right? That doesn't have anything to do with that. Oh yeah? What is joy? It's excitement. Yeah, what is that? It's an emotion. It's an emotion. God knows that anything that causes great emotion in us creates permanent memory. What is anger? Why do you think God said, get angry but sin not? Because He knows that strong emotion can make the difference in our destiny. And one of the things it does is it creates permanent memory. Because that's the way God created our mind. That's why he says meditate on my word every day. Because if you meditate, whatever you meditate on, the brain clusters it and makes it a part, a permanent part of your brain. A part, of, part permanent part of your thinking. And warriors, what happened is they allowed somewhere in their life for negative things to become permanent in their brain. So now every time they go through the same problem, or even somebody talks about it, losing a job, I mean, oh, oh yeah, I remember what happened to me. It, it's, it's fresh, like if it happened yesterday. It could be 50 years later, and you'll still remember it. You'll remember the nuances, the smells. You'll remember it all. But there's hope, because we can break the cycle of that. And part of the break in the cycle is that every time it comes to you, you say, oh, 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 that's just a shadow. I'm not going to submit that to anymore. Father, I'm going to meditate on your word right now. Amen. So it's our job to start breaking the things that affect from our past. They're just echoes. They're not real anymore. The things we don't know it. So anytime we get into that, you feel the nervousness. I'm going to lose my job. Your brain doesn't know the difference, so it sends out the same triggers. And you get the stomach rumblings. All the problems, like if it was happening all over again. It's not. None's there. But you don't know it. I mean, you, you, it's, it's like you're getting all crazy. I'm having an anxiety attack. For what? Nothing's happening. But for that person, it's true. You know why? The brain is sending the same chemicals. It's trying to protect itself. It's responding to the same thought. That no longer is there. We haven't released it. We have not cut that. Sometimes God will sovereignly, supernatural, supernaturally deliver you from some of these thoughts. Other times he expects you to work the word. And to worship him. And to meditate on his word over and over and over again. So that thing dissolves. It is possible. You might never forget it. But it's possible to break the link that it brings it up to you immediately. How do you do that? By memorizing his word and sharing his word. Anytime I get upset and I'm going through it, just today my wife had to remind me. I had a trigger in my job. And something happened. And oh man. And I'm going, she says, hon, hon, I'm seeing something there. And, and she reminded her, oh, you're absolutely right. So I appreciate my wife. She knows me for many, many years. But we have to do that sometimes. We have to break it. Snap out of that and be a man, a woman of faith in his word. So people, God said in his word, he made it very clear that we have power. Ephesians 3.14. Ephesians 3.14. See, the joy of the Lord is your strength. What is joy? Great emotion. I'm going to employ my ability to create permanent thoughts 
in what? In building my faith. I'm not going to employ my emotion on things that are going to hurt me in the future. Fear is an emotion, right? How many of you know this is one of the most aggressive, insidious emotions? We've got to, we've got to control that. We have to put that under. Any strong emotion, you have to be careful of because it will cause permanent memory. How many of you remember what, what you were doing um, September the 9th, 2001? What, di what dinner did you eat that day? What were you wearing that day? You don't remember? Well, you, you, you're not human. You're, you're an alien if you remember that. I remember because it's my birthday. Oh, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It just proves my point. It proves my point. Exciting. Birthday. Marriage. All right, maybe I didn't pick the right day. Let me pick another day. You're right, the spirit gave me They remember it because it was special. How many of you remember that day? What about 9-11? 2001. Why do you remember that? Because it was a disaster. Anything crazy? Funny, exaggerated, you'll remember. So here is a good biblical way to re recreate your thinking patterns. Just get the word in there and get some emotion, some joy in the word. Father, I thank you that I am blessed by you. I thank you that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you that I'm a new creation in Christ. And just, you need to feel that thing. Need to let the joy of the Lord flow. When you're worshiping God here, just let the joy of the Lord flow. And now your brain will say, oh, I got a new command. Yeah, but it's counter to this one. There's another one that will come up and say, yeah, you're saved, but you know, that stuff doesn't work. Yeah, you're saved, but you know, God loves them more than you. So you'll have a fight in your mind because the old thinking will fight you. But little by little, as you continue to worship God, as you continue to memorize these verses and, and practice them every day and rehearse them every day, what will happen is your faith will start growing. Amen. And all the worry will start dissipating. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to employ the tools that God gave me because I need to be in the right mindset. I need to be in the right spirit to be able to do battle. Amen. How in the world am I going to act like a warrior if I'm thinking like a coward? How am I going to act like a king or like a prince or like an ambassador if I'm thinking like a pauper? So one of the greatest battles we have to overcome is in ourselves. And to start believing who we are in Christ. And the Spirit of God will come in and help you in that process. But understand, He's the helper. He will not take over. He'll help you. Because you have a will. He will not supersede your will. He'll work with you. But you've got to give them permission to work with you. Amen. Some of us are stubborn in our stuff. Yeah. Amen. I'm not getting much amens. I'm getting <laughs> one amen here. I got half an amen somewhere here. Amen. You know. You know. <laughs> really, I, I'm just giving this for your benefit. These verses, I'm giving them to you. But I can't go home with you and keep on repeating them to you. You've got to say them to yourself. You've got to build up your most holy faith. 
praying in the Holy Ghost and, and praying His Word back to yourself. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing. hearing and hearing what? How about if all you're hearing is negative stuff? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. If all you're hearing is junk, if all you're hearing is nonsense, that's what you're going to receive. Uh, you're going to receive faith to believe that. Ah, stuff never works out for me. Well, guess what? That's going to happen. You understand? You, you have to position yourself where you're feeding yourself the right stuff. Amen. We're getting a revelation now that you have to eat vitamins and eat good stuff, right? Fruits and vegetables, right? Why? You are what you eat, right? Same thing in the spirit. We are what we eat. What are you eating in the spirit? What words are you receiving on a regular basis? Is it the word of God? Is it the word of your heavenly father? Or do you trust more Channel 7 Eyewitness News? Or do you trust more La Novelita? You know what the Novelita is, right? That's the novels... No? Soap operas? Yeah, thank you. Soap operas. What do you believe more? Does Jay Leno have more sway than Apostle Paul? Does MTV have more sway than the Apostle Peter? You understand? To some people, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, 360. What is it? Now it's Xbox? Uh, 360 or what is it? Yeah, Xbox. Uh, listen, the, the, the last game I played, I think it used to go. I'm not into it now, so. But I'm just saying, what you allow your mind to see over and over and over, that's what creates a permanent memory. And what is faith? Evidence of things not seen. Substance. Of things that you hope for. What is substance? Something tangible. Something I could touch. How can I touch something that can't be seen? I'm going to tell you something. I might have shared it here last year. But this, this, this is really exciting. When I caught it, it was very exciting to me. How about this? When you see something, that does not mean the world sees it. When you see something, actually you're not even seeing it. Your eyes do not show you what's in front of you. All they do is project a series of different levels of light. And then they take it through a little stem. And that stem electronically feeds that to your brain. Your brain reinterprets those electrical impulses and makes it a picture in your brain. So what your brain sees as an image, it now creates a cluster of neurons, a tangible microscopic cluster of neurons that you could touch and feel in your brain. All right, I'm going somewhere. So what you see isn't really what you see. All you see is an interpretation of what your eyes saw. But here's the problem with this. Your brain doesn't know the truth between an actual picture that your eyes showed you or an image that you manufactured by virtue of reading a book or by virtue of hearing somebody tell you something. You have the ability 
to envision something that doesn't exist out there yet. And your brain will interpret it chemically and electrically and give you a vision of it and think it's real. That's why some people could be so deceived, they could believe something yet it's not real. But by the same token, God says, He calls things that are not as though they were. When you, by faith, catch something that God gives you that doesn't exist yet on earth, but he's saying, it's my will for it to be formed on earth. Now you as my agent here on earth, make it happen. Nobody sees it yet, but he gave you the picture. So regardless of whether you see it with your eyes or whether you see it with your spirit man, it's still real. But here's where the substance part comes. It goes into your brain and you meditate on it and now your, your, the neurons grab it all the sights of it, the sounds, the emotions of it, puts it in a cluster and it resides in your brain. So you could actually, a scientist can actually go into your brain and in a microscopic way catch that vision because it already exists in a deposit in your brain and in your spirit man. Evidence of things people don't see yet. And what's the other one? Substance of things that you hope would manifest in the future in the earth realm, but it already resides in your spirit man. Before you see it out there, you have to see it in here. I'm going to let that soak a little bit with you guys. I'm going to let that soak a bit because that's... So what I'm saying is when God gives you His promise, His word, and you start working His word, you're going to start be becoming supernaturally natural. And you're going to start talking, and people say, you're crazy. Um, was the creator of the computer crazy? Because he saw something that nobody else saw. He had a vision that didn't exist yet. Uh, how about Apple? I, I look at an apple, and now I don't, I don't any longer see a fruit. I see an iPhone. I, I, I see a pad, an iPad, an i this, i that, i the other. Everything's like this, like that. I, yet that existed in the minds of one or two or three people before the world got it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some things that God has given us as a church. There's got some things that God has given you as an individual. Nobody else sees it yet. And that's how come you have to be careful with your visions. Because when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, He didn't say it to the world. So you get up, you're like, look what God showed me. You're going, ah, see. Que hay de comer? What are we going to eat? They don't care. It doesn't move them. You know why? It's not in them yet. They don't see it yet. Amen. So that's why you need to learn to be self-motivated. Don't let people demotivate you because they will. Your own family will demotivate you. Hallelujah. So if I have a vision now, I've learned to be self-motivated. I've, I've learned to be like David. I will motivate myself. I'll encourage myself Amen. in the Lord. Uh, I'll, I'll step into that vision. They don't see it yet, but I see it. I'll step into that vision, and, and, I, and I pray the word of the Lord, and I thank God for his goodness, for his kindness. Thank you, Lord. Look what you're showing me. Wow, I'm excited about this. And then I go back to my present, and I say, okay, let me roll up my sleeves, because i got to get to work creating what God already finished in the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit will do that for us. He's waiting for you to partner with him. He wants to show you pictures. He wants to show you dreams. He wants to show you what His power wants to create in you and through you in the coming days. Amen. Are you that person? Are you willing to do that? The Spirit of God is waiting for you 
there are some things that need to be manifest here on earth, and it's going to happen through His people. Well, God can do it if He wants to. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, is that you haven't caught the revelation that God saw the earth, created the earth, then He put man on here, then He made man in charge. Anything He does on the earth realm, He works through man to accomplish it. So He's waiting for a willing vessel so He could pour His Spirit through to make things happen. In the year 2012, in the year 2013, in the year 2014 and beyond, there's some great things that the people of God are going to be creating here on earth that are going to help people reconnect with Almighty God. Churches, uh, worship songs, books that need to be written, organizations that are going to be created that are going to help to bless communities and cities and even nations. Glory to God. Radio stations, TV stations, educational centers, Bibles, uh, schools. Glory to God. Are you the one that God is speaking to today? Hallelujah. There is somebody that God is speaking to that He's about ready to unleash His glory on earth. He, he, he unleashes glory to His people and through His people. The world is desperate. They're waiting. They're crying out to God. Whenever God sees and hears a voice crying out to Him, do you know what He does? He sends deliverers to them. You are the deliverers. Moses is not here anymore. It's your turn now. Hallelujah. It's your turn to bring the anointing. It's your turn to bring the word. It's your turn to be that encourager. It's your turn to translate to them what the word of God means in English or Spanish or whatever language you have to be that blessing to those people. Amen. Well, I'm too young. Well, listen, God started working through a prophet at a very early age, like a child. Like a little baby, he was already ministering through this great uh, 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 prophet in the Old Testament. Didn't know what he was doing. He was hearing God at an early age. So don't ever let anybody tells you, tell you that you're young, you can't be used of God. Problem is some of the older folk haven't been listening to God. So God's looking for an available person. He's not looking for the talented. He's looking for the available. Are you that available person? Are you the one willing to pray that prayer, to prophesy that prophecy, to, to declare that declaration, to stand in that place, hallelujah, as an oracle of God and share the word of the Lord? Are you that person today? Yes, amen. I say we are. I say we are. So I see everyone say amen, glory to God, but I have some lunch I want to eat. So I'll, I'll land this thing. It's just about one o'clock. What are you laughing at? Huh? Are you the, you're the one. Huh? I got that feedback from you. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can tell I'm excited about Jesus. I'm excited about His Word. I love who I am in Christ. Amen. Do you love who you are in Christ? Hallelujah. Amen. And that comes through a relationship with Almighty God through Christ Jesus. Without Jesus, we're nothing. Without Jesus, we're nothing. I often think, you know, like Superman, right? All powerful. All I needed was to have a, a green rock next to me. He became a, a slump. But for real, the Christians without Jesus, that's what happens to us. We're nothing. We're just a nice after-school program or whatever it might be. We're just a Sunday meeting group. No, we need the Holy Spirit. What are you going to do with your relationship with the Holy Spirit? And if, and if the Spirit of God has been touching you and leading you to Christ, don't delay anymore. Because it's not about being a member of a church sitting down here every Sunday. 
It's, he wants to connect you with his family. He wants to adopt you. Part of salvation is an adoption that takes place. An actual, bona fide adoption. When we come to Jesus Christ, he adopts you into his family. We become part of the family of God. All those, believe, all those that believe in him, he gives them power to become sons of God. John chapter 1. So are you that person that God is speaking to you today? God is saying, I want you part of my family. I have a purpose for you. It's a blessed purpose. It's a high purpose. I want to bless the world through you. So if you're that person that God has spoke to and you haven't come to Christ yet, but you know you're there and, and the Spirit of God has been speaking to you, don't delay it anymore. At the end of the service, we're going to keep the altar open a bit and we'll pray with you. The church you go to could be this one, it could be the one across the street, the one down the block. I don't care. Just go to church. But the important thing is connect with Almighty God through Christ. That's the most important thing you can do.